In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to the true life podcast i hope everybody's having a beautiful day i hope the sun is shining the birds are singing i hope the wind is at your back i have triple the show for you today i have three incredible women with three incredible stories and a call to action at the end that everyone is going to be dying to do let me just start by saying that everyone should gather around and brace yourselves for an incredible book called rattle the wick because I have not one, not two, but a triumphant trio of literary luminaries who pin the mind-bending masterpiece, Rattled Awake. Rattled Awake, Rattled Awake. <laughs> These three authors <laughs> are so accomplished that even the dictionary turns to them for spelling advice. So original that even their pets can't predict their next move. And so intrepid that they once had a staring contest with a blank page and one hands down. We have the incredible Lonnie Ray. <laughs> Chef Jill Sullivan and Erica Warfield. I'm so stoked all of you are here today. And in the beginning, I was trying to figure out where to start because each one of you have an incredible gift. And the book Rattled Awake, of which there's a workshop this weekend people should be checking out. We'll put them in the show notes. But I thought maybe what really called to me when I first started reading the chapter with Chef Jill is her story about this transformation from a part of California to a part of Utah and a transformation of her life. And I was wondering, Chef, could you give us a little bit of background on how the sun rises all over the world and how your story kind of transforms? Oh, gosh. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with my last job. Please. Is that okay? Um, That's perfect. So my rattled awake moment came after... I retired from my first, my last job. Um, as many of you know, and if you're retired, you know what you what hits you when that happens. It rattles you awake, and you're like, "Okay, what's next?" So, <clears throat> I was an executive chef at a recovery center for professionals like um, policemen, uh, firemen, uh, in that genre. And 
I felt like my true calling was service and serving them. And once that stopped, it was like, okay, what's next? Because I've always believed that through service, we become great. We have greatness when we can serve others. And for me, I know that's my calling in life is to serve others and to give back to wherever I can. So March 1st, I retired and um, I was left wondering what's next. Um, and if you know me personally, you know that I'm a workhorse, that I'm in there 24-7. Uh, my job required 12 to 14 hour days, uh, writing schedules and menus and feeding the clients, which were usually 30 to 40 for lunch by myself. That required all the dishes and everything. So when that stopped, it was like, it was like hitting a brick wall. And um, I've always believed in taking my questions to a higher source in meditation or in prayer or whatever it may be. And so uh, I found myself saying, okay, well, I did this. And I can't do that anymore because I have back issues and all kinds of things. What can I do? And then I met Lonnie. And I think her personality and her charm, and um, I just wanted to get involved with anything that she had to offer because I believe in just jumping in. I don't think that you should have, you know, everything written in stone. I believe if you jump into something, it's called for you and what's called for you is for you. And um, that's how my, that's how my rattle the wake moment came about is uh, finding this book and um, deciding that I wanted to do it. And then after I jumped into the book and we wrote the book, I'm like, what else can I do? What can I do for this book? Because it really touched my heart and had a place in my heart. And, um, after writing it and getting involved, I'm like, I got to get more people into this. I want people to come aboard. Right, Lonnie? I did that. Big time. I'm like, whatever, Not a little, I can, a lot. whatever I can do, man, I was just like promoting. And because I know that it changed my life and it did something for me. Um, and uh, so that's why I'm always sharing it now. I'm just like so about rattled and wake awake and uh, how I can share that with others. Yeah, I think it, it speaks volumes of success. It seems to me that when you have these moments of, of clarity, they become contagious. And it's like finding Lonnie became the megaphone with which you could share your experience to other people. She became the mountaintop from which you climbed and started yelling, hey, just jump in the water, it's fine over here. <laughs> I want to throw something in though about this this uh, Jill getting enrolled. Um, it was it's funny how life is, guys. And and out of the blue, I felt inclined to, to reach out to Jill. It had been a while. It had been quite a while, and she just came to mind. And I said, "Bing, how's three years treated you? How you doing?" And uh, we reconnected, and I sent her over to my um, "How to Deal with a Dumbass: A Spiritual Perspective" podcast. And it, it came at just the right time, didn't it, Jill? Yes. 
it, it lifted her up. She was searching, soul searching big time. I got lots of messages like, I don't know what to do with myself next. I don't know what's next. I'm praying, God, what do I do? And by the way, your, your show makes me laugh. I drive hours and I listen to it and it helps. It's helping. You know, the, anybody out there who thinks about doing a podcast like you, Bob Witty, <clears throat> it matters. And, and it, and it, it revolutionized in some ways, Jill's path and what she was going to do. At least she was able to find some humor and, and, and some ahas because it was based on my dumbass book. And then that started a rapport that hasn't stopped and her promotion. I cannot thank you enough, Jill. You've sent beautiful people just like yourself to, to the volume two. And I'm just so grateful because you do see the vision you really do get what Rattled Awake can do to elevate people and their ideas and their stories in a unique way that they would never have before. So thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing to think that there always has to be some people that go first. You know, and the people <laughs> that go first tend to blaze a trail for other people to follow. Although sometimes there's like this thought mechanism that happens where we mourn the things that never existed. This reminds me of Erica up here who has an incredible chapter about the way in which Gen X is kind of moving through. You're doing some incredible things. Maybe you could talk about your relationship to Lonnie and your relationship to the chapter of the book. My relationship to Lonnie, Lonnie and I have been connected on LinkedIn for a, a few years now, um, I, I think since the pandemic. And um, we just kind of supported each other's posts. And I remember she did this beautiful, beautiful video montage of uh, a Japanese interactive experience in a museum where like you walked in the room and the whole thing was like the exhibit. It was, it was insane because uh, she knew my background was Japanese. And then there was a period of time where I noticed that Lonnie had kind of gone silent on the platform. And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. And, you know, I think I even tried to reach out a couple of times through the DM and I really didn't know how to get a hold of her outside of the DM. And then she came back guns blazing and we reconnected. And, um, and then this, this opportunity came up and then Lonnie's so sweet, you know, she's like, yeah, Erica, Erica can write. She's been writing and writing for something like this. I, I'm going to tell you for those of you who are copywriters or maybe you're academic writers, um, I have this massive tome of a master's thesis and that's a very different kind of writing than uh, doing something like copywriting, which is what I do or digital marketing. The, you can do this. If you've got a book in you and you've been saying, well, I'm going to get to it someday, some days today, you know, don't let that song in you die. Um, and, and so when she said, would you like to be a part of this? Same thing. You know, Lonnie and I had been tooling around with book ideas and I just kept getting bogged down with, you know, some other projects. And I was like, yeah, it's one chapter, one weekend I'm in. And uh, for me, um, I, I didn't really have that blank page. It was just, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> and it was done because I'm a big believer in you just, you just write it down and then you edit. Well, one of the things about Erica that you guys might want to know is that we had had some discussions about a variety of book ideas. So for those of you out there who, who are like, what do I write about? What do I focus on? I just don't know. When you come to a workshop, like we had Jill changed, you said you changed your mind four times, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Easier said than done, too. <laughs> I spent from five in the morning till 10 at night wow. just finishing up what resonated with me finally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And ultimately, I think, you know, we can ask for a sign, you know, which way should I go? Because I think we've all had more than one rattle wake moment. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's multiple versions coming, multiple volumes, so you get more opportunities. But the point is, you know, figuring out what it is that you want to say this time. What's, what matters the most? What's your legacy message? Mm -hmm. What's your message for the masses? And Jill's is so inspiring with uh, rewrite your, your future, your next chapter. And, uh, and it's so her, it, it is. And it was interesting to see the, the process. And that's what story development's all about. That's, that's what's cool about this uh, workshop is that somebody else's, uh, people are coming in and going, hey, I see this out you, or I see that. Mm -hmm. and, and what about this? I know you to be this. And so the feedback and the collaboration was just outstanding. And then with, with Erica's chapter and ageism and uh, what is it? Not a cougar, not a care, and we're way more than nine pence. Is that the title? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Fantastic and unusual angle. And yet, if you read the stories, it's hilarious and it's horrifying all at once about what's mm. really going on. So these aren't just stories about someone's personal journey. They're about reality about what's really going on in the world and and wake up call. And so go ahead, Eric. Oh, no, what, what I was going to say, you know, to, to and realizing that what I thought was the marriage wasn't the marriage and sitting in counseling and, and hearing the counselor ask him, well, why did you marry Erica? And him saying, well, I thought, I thought she was pretty and she'd be good for business. Jesus. Right. And this was somebody I had, our first kiss was on our wedding day. You know, um, we waited and so wow. had gone through all sorts of premarital counseling, meeting the pastors, meeting the family, you know, and so to hear that, it was quite the shock. And at, at the same time, it was a gentle rattled awake because God immediately came in and just said, do not mourn mm. what never existed. And I realized oh, I am free. But then that is what kind of saved me in the aftermath of the next several years of meeting many people on that far end of the narcissistic spectrum and realizing they're there to present something that you will soon find out never existed. <laughs> and so it was, it was a series of rattled awake moments um, in, in just how women of a certain age are treated, but especially once I turned 44. And especially once uh, my much younger husband than boyfriend came into the picture. And the, the huge difference in how a, a woman is treated versus how a man is treated when they date somebody who is younger. And the saddest thing of all to me is I was, I was on YouTube and I was watching a bunch of male psychologists come in defending that older woman, younger man relationship from their perspective when they dated older women. And they, they did the thing. They did the thing. She was there to teach me everything that she knows. And I was like, is that... Is that it? That's the only thing, really. And so, you know, for myself and, and Peter, my current husband, we waited till our wedding day. And that just blew people's minds. It's like, no, no, I'm serious when I say I'm not a cougar. That is not what that relationship was about. And so that was a rattled awake moment, you know, for the both of us to see uh, just how people have their preconceived notions 
of their own sick fantasies and they right. take their trauma, they take their weirdness and they project it onto you. And it, it was fascinating to go through and to still see people clinging to that, that trope of older woman, younger man and how they think it should be. Yeah, it I blows my love mind. Love is love, right? I just think love is love, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how old you are or anything like that. So, yeah, it is. What were yeah. you saying, Lonnie? We've just got a world full of judgmental people who think that they can put yeah. you in a box, close the lid, and call it done. And uh, it ain't done, hun. Y'all need to open up your eyes, let it go, and, and realize you can revise what you're looking at because your view may may not be really realistic. And this chapter that that Erica wrote is eye popping. Talk about <laughs> eye opening as to how ignorant some people can be. I'm there he is. Yes, your man here, this will be himself. Love has no age. <laughs> yes. Well, when they're as cute as Peter is. You know. <laughs> it's he, true. It's, it's true. He's, he's a you know model material for sure. He's and super he, supportive. I mean, he's the one that I always. When we met, I was always coloring my hair, but not because I was gray. I just even at forty four, I was not gray. I just like to do different things with my hair. But I always swore, once the wrinkles, once the gray hair set in, I was going to go cold turkey. And that was before the pandemic when everybody had to quit coloring their hair, right? And so I started to see the grays and the sparkles. And I remember telling my hairdresser, all right, we're stopping the hair coloring. And he was like, you don't have enough sparkles. I was like, nope, I want to see every single one of them. And then you're going to turn me into Storm. And I'm going to be like X-Men. And this thing is going to be gray, 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 gray. And so it's just, it's coming in in, in these like streaks. It's really like Storm or, you know, um, oh, I forget the woman who used to be on that clothing personal, Stacey London, like the Stacey mm, London streaks. Yeah. And, you know, Peter was the first one to say, I'm so glad you're not doing that. I like your sparkles. I'll continue yeah. coloring my hair. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, ladies, this. It seems to me that there's a this Ariadne thread that runs through the book, and it's it is this idea that people come in and they write this chapter of themselves while simultaneously either getting ready to go through a tragedy in a tragedy or coming through a tragedy. And it seems like a lot of the chapters are people actually changing the way they think, and it translates to the to the pages there. Is that does that sound accurate to, to anybody in there? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm going to say it's not really a tragedy. I'm, I'm, okay. I, I really don't, right. I don't see it that way. I think that these are, these are events that happened and people pivoted right. and, um, you know, like realizing in my chapter th that I rang the triangle about 2000 food processing plants mysteriously burning in a year. Um, that is tragic, but okay, here's the news. Now, what will you do? So, so that mm. was, that was my way of doing it. You know, Erica took on, you know, ageism and, and judgmentalism and, and, and uh, so many other things, nothing tragic in there, except that it's tragic. People think that way. Um, and you can learn from mm. how she handled it um, beautifully. And, you know, with Jill, it, it's, it, it's beyond age of midlife crisis kind of thing, but it is absolutely a career crisis and identity. That's not tragic. That's common. So I don't necessarily disagree with you, George, but what I do see is that 
we've all decided to select an event within the last five years yeah. that was a significant event that did cause us to put the F in shit and turn it into shift. In other words, when you right. spell the word out, right? You know, it just. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, look at Russ. You know, he went through all these trials with cancer, but look at him now. He's like so positive and just turned the whole thing around and wrote a chapter about positivity. And um, and then there's uh, Chris with MS. Oh, yeah. Who just turned that one around too. So, and like for me, um, all the trials in my life, I've always turned them around. I don't, I, I have always been a positive thinker and how can I make this better and not get bitter? Yes. And um, actually it's, my calling also is to motivate others. And that's what I did through the hashtag sunrise around the world. How can I be someone that's instrumental during COVID when life was shit, right? Life was crappy. Yeah. Um, how can I, just this one person, uh, change the trajectory for so many others? And I did that through just a simple hashtag. And I have had so many people say, what did, what did uh, the doctor say to you, Lonnie, that I saved her life? I wouldn't yeah. take it that far, but you know. She did. Some, yeah, some she people was, were pretty depressed. I'm sorry, it took me a minute to, to pull that out. Yeah, let, let, let me just chime in on that. We had somebody yeah, who was who shared with me that that she was really down, like bad. Like, you know, if you've ever felt like there's no hope, things are not going to change, it's not going to get any better. You know how that feels, how awful that feels. And that's where she was. And she shared this with me and said, if it were not for Jill's posts, I don't know that I would be here because she that's, gave me that's hope. So crazy. Yeah. And, and we don't know, we don't know when we're doing these things, but when somebody tells us, Hey, you really saved, saved me. And I've had more than one person, uh, you know, text me. So it, it just takes one effort from a crappy situation to say, what can I do? How can I be instrumental? and actually do it. And no matter how small it is, whatever it is, um, what was that? What did I, that poem that I wrote from Helen Keller and you read it before we got on here, George? It, it says, I am one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Exactly. That's and, and, and that's, that's, that's where, Everyone in this book um, had the same motto, for sure. It wasn't just mine. How can how can I do something? So, that and I think realizing I, for me anyway that God is economical and He uses all things mm. for good. All things, even other people getting caught up in their own trauma and stupidity and projecting and gaslighting and and doing everything that they're doing. It it only it only kind of strengthens one's own testimony and one's own faith walk. And, you know, iron sharpens iron, I guess, but um, it was a big lesson. And so yet yeah, to Lonnie's point, um, could they have all been tragedies? No, but I think God is economical and there is really no such thing, even though it feels like it when you're walking through it. 
Well, I also want to tip the hat over to the to the courage that it took for first time writers and and those who have tried before and Jill's shaking her head with big eyes <laughs> for those of you who don't see the podcast. <laughs> Jill was amazing. Man, she was amazing. Bless her heart. Not Jumped her in. Heart. Yeah. 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 Um, and we have uh, we had two people with MS, George, and um, one of them Ooh. will never get out of a wheelchair. And you know her story, Leanna's story. Bravo, Leanna, for for coming forward and getting your, her story done. And she did that because Jill shared from the heart what this was like. And Leanna said, "I want that experience. I think I could do a chapter in a weekend. I know I can't really type that well, but I know how to write. At least I can talk it out." So, you know, these were people that were doing what Jill's mindset was. How can I anyway? What can I do anyway in spite of it? I think I asked you that question too, huh? What? Lonnie. What, what question? And it, and, it, and it rattled you awake. Remember when you were going through tough times and, you, and I told you, I said, you may not be able to do this, but you can do this. What can yeah. you do? Both of you have influenced me because Erica will say she'll she'll flip back at me and go, "You don't know that. You don't know that that's true yet." Because I'll my <laughs> mind will go into some some spin on something, and she'll be like, "You don't know that yet." So you, reel and she'd be right. you back, reel you back in, <laughs> and she she'd be right half the time. Um, and then there's Jill, which is you know what can you do? And if, for those of you who don't know, I, I've broken my wrist and um, have a lot of challenges and it, and life isn't the same. And what can I do? Well, I can now wash dishes with one hand. Um, <laughs> there's a lot I figured Not out to funny. do, but uh, yeah. it's hard. But um, honestly, if, I, if it hadn't happened, I might not have been thinking, what, what can I do? And Rattled Awake might not have come about because I was busy over here, you know, Lone Wolf freelance writer over here writing memoirs for people and nobody would have heard much from me at all. And then I had to come up with something and it and it sort of developed itself. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm so genius. It was, what are people going through? What did they go through? How can we feature this in a way that is not your typical self-help book? It is not a triumph over mm -hmm. tragedy, adversity over overcome. I didn't want it to be anything like anything I, I, we'd ever seen before. Even the bios, I mean, I said, do your name. And like uh, Erica Warfield is on a mission too. And I said, what's your on a mission to? And she's like, I don't know. And it took her three days. <laughs> it did. And you yeah. came up with a, right? That was a challenge. That was the challenge was that stupid bio. Everything else <laughs> like just kind of flew because I mean, I'd been thinking about it for a while. I had a couple chapters kind of fleshed out and outlined and I was like, okay, I could revamp this and then, you know, change it to add humor you know, because a lot of the stories were, were on the heavier side. And so I re realized, even though mine was on the heavy side, I had the opportunity to try to infuse it with humor. Uh, Cause there was a lot that was really funny about, you know, other people's stupidity. So, um, but that bio, oh my gosh, I really don't like tooting my own horn. <laughs> Though it's also, uh, it's a challenge, George, because I, if people don't read the, the directions, I get, I swear to you, I get a page and a half of a bio from people. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The directions are three to four sentences and start with your name and I'm on a mission too. And then that really forces people to focus on what it is that matters the most and who they want to impact. 
And, at, you know, in story development, that's what I do is I help people to really, mm. really focus on that thing that what's that message? What's that you know, thing you're doing? Go ahead. There was there was I, I think you get the page and a half because we were all copy pasting our LinkedIn about section um, <laughs> and calling it the day. But there was one thing that I know was helpful for me before we started to rattle awake and you and I were, you know, going back and forth about a potential book in the future. And that was write five reviews. Oh, of yes. what your avatar would write after they read your book. And I realized my avatar was Paulina Poroskova. It, it was women who ended up in divorce, being told they're past their best buy date. Nobody's going to look mm. at them. And they're literally just kind of relegated and, and shoved in the closet. And, and uh, I'm a mere aunt compared to Paulina Poroskova, but to hear her speak on it so eloquently, I mean, women are. And I think, I think that um, as I looked at that avatar and I started realizing that women who are millennials, and let's not even get into the Zoomers, but the younger millennials, they have no idea how they're about to be treated right this just in prepare to be invisible yeah <laughs> you, you're cute now yeah. enjoy it take pictures <laughs> i'm just telling you that's how the world treats you and it it needs to change yeah anyway. it, it, it makes in, me in my, it makes me in wonder. my chapter in my chapter i write about becoming an executive chef and coming through the ranks and working hard. But do you know how hard it is to get there when the men are usually the exec chefs and they don't take you serious? So we all have that circumstance of, and I wouldn't say all men, I, ca I can't categorize, but there was a few men that had huge egos and did not want me to succeed because I was a mm. woman. And my last job that I left, um, I had been working for years with old ovens. As soon as I uh, retired and left, I came back to fill in one day and there was a new, a new stove there. And I said, okay, how did you get that new stove? And I worked here for two years. He told me it's a man's world. Jill, it's a man's world. And, uh, you know, men get what they want. And, you know, Maybe that's true or maybe that's not, but it was in your world. I, I think it was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's the things that we, you know, me and Erica and all these people, we go through um, being pegged as somebody that, uh, oh, you married somebody younger. So you're, you know, a cougar and, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> and, and me, I, I'm a woman, so I shouldn't be in charge of anything. I should be taking direction from men. That's a controversial statement, and I, I know that it is, but that's how I felt. Well, that's how time. it is in food service, that's, Jill. I, mean, I have a background in food service, and I wonder how these guys get, get through the door. Their heads are so big every day. Yeah. They, they get bigger and bigger heads. I'm like, really, how do you even get in the car at the end of yeah. the day? You're just so blown up over yourself. Aren't you special? Yeah. You know, I could saute as fast as you, brah. Come on, bring it. I mean, I'm, we're just as capable. Come on. Yeah. Cut it out. It's very I, competitive. Do you I think one one uh, job that I had was um, a prep cook. And it was after COVID. No, it was during COVID. Yeah. 
and um, I needed a job. So I took this job as prep cook, this really fancy restaurant. Nobody spoke English. And the, the exec chef, you know, didn't really know all the things that I knew how to do. So I went in and I busted out some flank steak and I portioned them out. And then I, then I went and I filleted some halibut, portioned that out. I can just see you. I, yeah. I think they were taken back. Oh my gosh. This, this girl can really do some things. I had, I have a really nice filleting knife too. And I just, in fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can fillet a salmon without a knife. You just take, take it, hold onto it and run your hand down it. I did that to several and you know, it's, it's, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying sometimes women have to do things like that, you know, to show you, I, I've got to show you, I can do these things. So to be taken, uh, uh, not with a grain of salt, but you know, Hey, she can do that. So. Do you think society is changing? Do you think for the, the group coming up, be it millennials, like maybe because of some of the things that you have done or the way the world is changing or people being awake, that maybe the attitudes in society between men and women are changing? Are you talking to me? Anyone who everybody? wants to take that. Mm. Yeah. What do you, th what do you think, Jeff? I, I think in the culinary world, it's, it's tough. And mm. I don't know why, but People that are in charge, they get these huge egos. And mm -hmm. um, what I say is law, right? I was mm -hmm. never like that as an exec chef. I was always real patient. And how can I serve you? How can I show you how to do what I'm doing in a kind way? You know, yeah. I was never, I, I don't like ego. Ego is not part of who I am. So, uh, yeah, but I think I think it's real out there. Um, sure. So... I think um, it's not so much a gender divide, just like it's not so much an age divide uh, or a political divide. I really see this as good versus evil, light versus dark, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of political affiliation. And, and speaking to Lonnie's chapter, I, I really do believe that there is a move to just divide, 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 and have yeah. us focus on the differences versus everything that makes us similar. Because there's only one race, as we all know, it's the human race, which includes all ethnicities. And it's, it's really a tragedy to see this coming down to the haves versus the have-nots or the gender or the age or the political whatever. And that's just sort of my two cents on that. Yeah, I think the Rattled Awake series is, one of the reasons it's so compelling is it's better than all the narratives out there. We have all these canned narratives that you're supposed to go watch a superhero movie or watch this rom-com movie. Like this, there's all this silliness out there. But when you read the chapters of real people who have gone out of their way and faced situations and found ways to find and create meaning in those like that's what rattled the wake stories have been to me so far and i i think it's way more compelling and way more beautiful to see your fellow human being solving problems and finding meaning and building relationships i think that that's one reason it's so successful to all you ladies lonnie what what do you think about that is that something that seems to be happening which part the rattled awake rocks or that uh <laughs> we know does. that part's true. We know it's part we, true. It it is. Uh, um, 
I think that uh, stories of of hope and 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 improvement will will never grow old, and and uh, there is an addiction I think to to chaos and and in fact um, sort of a numbing out to to it all that's happening through movies and television and whatever kind of frequency is behind all those being broadcasted people. That's another topic. But um, mm. I think that ultimately what we what we consume visually and in music as well, audibly, um, is having an impact. And that if we could just all like be mindful and 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 focus in on something that actually feeds the soul versus takes from it or terrorizes it or terrifies it or, you know, creates some kind of like <gasps> we'll have a much better time of life if we could all just, can we just have a good time with, you know, how can I have more fun today than I ever thought possible um, to, to focus on that? Because there's a lot, there's a lot going on that, that if you want to focus on that and you want to doom scroll, you can, you can be busy all day and all night and, and you'll, you'll find all that stuff and it never ends and it may or may not be true. But if, you know, if you receive it that way, then it, then you believe it that way. And so with, with, um, with all due respect to, to people and their love of zombie movies and horror films. Um, I think, and they do, I don't get it. I just don't, I don't get, get I can't it. Watch a, I can't, can't even watch a trailer ad for one of those. I, I, I don't understand that, but okay. There's plenty of material out there for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love I, it if one of y'all were rattled awake to, to stop doing that and, and like switch the channel from, I want to watch zombie movies where people get eaten to like a culinary show. I don't know. Something productive. I don't know. Maybe that's a reach. I'm making shit up, George, but you know, <laughs> oh, that's my girl. Cha changing the subject a little bit too. I also think that all those things can be put on the shelf and away from you when you're writing and when you're writing your story. And um, that's why I wanted to promote, if anybody has a story within them, um, it helps you to get real with the things that are important and the things that might help, you know, when you're writing, you're thinking, how can I help somebody through this story? And it actually does help people through your stories. That's why we're, you know, we're in this world together, helping each other. Yeah. Sharing our stories. So if you have an inkling to get into the next book, I'm always going to be promoting that because it was a mind blowing experience for me. Jill, you were like the proverbial caterpillar and butterfly, like from where you started to all of the different iterations and where you yeah. finished. I mean, it was yeah. really just a beautiful transformative process. To Thank you for helping me with all that, too. That was, oh, a fun that process, was all you. That was all you. But um, another thing, too, is, you know, my background working, work, 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 work. I never had time to sit still. Me write something. I'm like, uh, uh, I, where, uh, no, I don't have time. So when I actually started writing, I'm like, hey, I really like this. And then Lonnie started putting her little what, how would you say it? The whoop, whoop, whoop. magic <laughs> touches on it, change, changing how I wrote things. It just opened my eyes like, wow, this is fun. She's, she's like, wait, sorry, I got bad hair day today. <laughs> Look, this is hair with one hand. You cannot use a curling iron when you have only one hand. 
<laughs> Bear with me here, Mop Top. You know, I, I'm, I, I shouldn't even think this is remotely okay funny. Peter, Peter had uh, a strength and conditioning coach who broke both wrists really badly mm. in a, a freak weightlifting accident. Oh, where, God. Yeah. It, oh, and God. he ended up with the weights on him and, and it, his arms couldn't move and it broke oh. both his wrists. And, oh. and, I mean, even just going to the bathroom. He was like, what was I going to do? I was like, I, we don't have to go there, really. You know, and it came down to he had to buy one of those portable bidets and have somebody attach it to his mm. toilet. He was like, there was no other way. We just don't think about what, what we're going to do when those things happen. And I think that's what's so great about your chapter, Lonnie, because it wasn't just your rattled awake. It was, hey, <laughs> it may not be the 2000 food plants that have burned down you know, and it's, you know, Armageddon or it's whatever it's, you could end up losing one or both of your wrists and you might not have family that can help you. And did you have enough stuff stocked? And it's, it's something that we all kind of need to start looking into. Yeah. It was a personal SHTF moment for sure. Shit hit the fan. And it's like that every day there's life is not normal anymore. There's nothing about it. It's not a sympathy party. It's just, that's a reality. Okay, now what? And and that's honestly what, what the premise of Rattled Awake is, is about. It's like, oh, okay, that happened. Now what? Mm -hmm. How do I pivot? How do I become better, not bitter? And then share that because it can inspire other people and help them realize you're not alone. You're not the only one. And sometimes that process takes years you know, do you know what and I'm saying? What process? Which the process one? of sitting in, uh, in, in that moment. Sometimes, you know, you don't change your life all of a sudden. Sometimes the things that you go through really affect you. And it takes years to come out of that. God, I hope you're wrong. I don't well, think I could do this for years. <laughs> I'm not talking years, but I mean, <laughs> it's not on our terms in our time. So it's, mm. it's Sometimes we can get out of it at these certain times and certain things help us. Mm -hmm. And I think, think everybody, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the beauty of, of this book too is it, it, I think it could end up being a, a stepping stone, not to denigrate it or, or make it less than what it was, but it, it, it doesn't stop with just this anthology. I mean, each mm -hmm. one of us could, and each new co-author and author of the next volumes can use that to, to go on to larger platforms, larger podcasts, speaking engagements, stages. I know one of the things that um, I thought would be kind of fun is doing the whatever podcast. So whatever podcast, if you're watching, Peter mm -hmm. and I would love to come on and, and, have the chats that you all have with the 304s as you will so call them um, <laughs> because you just you just never know you never know um, and I think those young women sometimes are spoken to rather abruptly and sometimes it's warranted that they are spoken to rather abruptly um, because of what they think is acceptable and what will get them further in life and, it, and it's really sad it's a, it's a very sad thing to see that they're 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 lessening what their value is and they don't see what their true value is. It's interesting to see the different models change. And like you had said something previously about 
the Rattle the Wake series being different. You know, as a Gen Xer, when I grew up, there used to be these commercials for like, there was like this giant quilt that went around the world and everybody sewed like a patch on there. And they had all these patches from around the world. It seems like this new modality of change coming from the ground up where you're compiling authors coming together, telling a story. It's not like you're telling a story. It's like you're telling our story and everybody gets an opportunity to write a chapter in our book. And what, who wouldn't want to read a book about our story? Like there's something in there from everyone because everyone is writing something. And that's where real change can be. Someone can identify it. Maybe they identify with, with Jill's story or Erica's story or your story or Russ's story. But there's something in there that explains the human condition. And I think that you had spoken about like the plants and all these things that are happening in front of us. But maybe these things are happening so we at the bottom create change from the bottom up. Because it sounds like every one of us wasn't born with a silver spoon in our mouth. It sounds like every one of us had to fight for the things that we have in our life that we love. And there's a great quote that Jill has in her section that says, in life, it's not about it's not about what you get from work, it's about who you become. I thought that was so beautiful. Like, I think that's kind of what Rattle the Wake is doing, is providing our story. That's a cool model to think about, right? Thank it you. really is. And on, on top of what Erica was saying about what this book can do for, for, for a person, it, it can get them onto bigger podcasts, it can right. get them a broader audience. There's there's another part of it, like with Chris Freer, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at your comment, Bob, about your biggest event was your learning to love your wheelchair. I love that. Bob, that's amazing. Bob was a surfer, if you guys didn't know. Mm. And um, so Chris was uh, relegated to a wheelchair too, and then made sure that he got out of it. He's, he's walking and that could be his story. That could be enough. That's inspiring. But what's also happened is that Chris revealed that since he was a kid, words jiggle on the page when he tries to read. That's really hard to imagine that he wrote and wants to keep writing and can't stop writing. That's pretty amazing. And that's you know, a story right there. I, and I think the I think the thing that gets me about Chris's story, you know, hearing about the words wiggling, hearing how he was treated in school, you know, um, just all the horrible things that, you know, can go down, you know, if somebody has a learning disability, not that he does, but, you know, how teachers can be, especially back in that era, how teachers could be, um, is, I just lost my train of thought. Mm. Talk about a learning disability. I completely just lost my train of thought. Um, anyway, to, you know, to take away from that, you know, that that was other people's dysfunction. It was other people's dysfunction and trauma and whatever else. And he took it. And you, you know the anointing is great upon you when there is that much being thrown at you, even as a small child. And then to come out and to do what he did, to do what Jill did, to do what, you know, Lonnie encouraged all of us to do. You know the anointing is great when you have that much garbage thrown at you to stop you. And you still overcome. A yeah. strong will. I'm I'm a tough woman. I have I have always thought that I was a tough woman because you have to be tough to do to ignore all the naysayers and the ego and the and push your way through, you know. And so you're right. It you know, everybody has their um, 
cross to bear in life. And, and I've always thought, I am so proud of myself. And we all should be proud of ourselves for getting through whatever little obstacle there was in life and coming out stronger on the other side. Um, whether it was COVID or uh, things in, in work or whatever. I mean, we pushed through it. We got through it, right? And we all have a story to tell. So mm -hmm. we should all get in the next book. Uh, your story. <laughs> George, I, I really want to thank you. I want to pick up on what you said about this being everybody's story because we all have all had some kind of sh shook moment. And what I've seen in, that everyone, not only did we all have that in common, which, which is the thread that binds all of us authors and all of us people and all of us readers yeah. is that there's a, there's a consistent theme of taking back your power, taking back authority over your life. Like Jill said, you know, willpower. And, and that, that is contagious. That is, that's, that's something that you want to pick up on. Not another zombie going to eat a zombie trick, you know, like what you want is how can we, Oh, okay. It's like that, huh? Oh, okay. Let's see what we could do about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this at all, but if we can, you know, link arms and circle the wagons and, you know, with people that are also strong and have been through a lot and now you know who they are. It's this book and the continued series. I'm so excited. Leslie is here. She just signed up this morning. I want to give her major props. Yeah, if I can so with both things, I'm going to airbox you, Leslie. That's awesome. She, Congratulations, uh, Leslie. Yes, it's a big deal. And I'm yeah. so proud of her. And she has a great story within her. She has a great story. So, yeah, then it becomes an interesting point to figure out what is that singular message? What is that singular point and what story are we going to tell? And so so that, you know, I, I talk to every author before before it's a yes, before that. No, don't just sign up everybody. I don't deny so far. Everybody's been freaking great because, Jill, you bring amazing people to the party. <laughs> They're like so beautiful and, you know, they have so Thank much you. to offer. And you, too, Erica. Um Dr. Deidre Clark is coming in. She's going to do a chapter. This is weekend. she really? That's news to me. I love yes. that. I know. And so we were on the phone today also figuring out what angle, what are we going to do? How do I point this towards what, what it is that you want to be about in the future? And so that's, this isn't just people kind of throwing up on paper. This is, this is very targeted on purpose so that it serves the authors, the writers, and the, and the back and the front end, the, whatever, the progress. Where do they want to be next? What do they want this to do for them? And that comes from experience working in, in you know, writing, that, you know, helping people because marketing is everything and everything's marketing. And, what you, you know, what do you want this book to do for you next is really, or the chapter, how do you want this to help you and, and your readers? So it's not just chicken soup for the soul stories it's more it is what does the process look like Lonnie like people you get together for a weekend like maybe you could speak a little bit to what the process is like the creative interaction between everybody the creative interaction um is I think it's going to be different with every group quite honestly George sure. um the the one for volume one was a lot of interaction um the there were a lot of first-time writers and Right. Jill's always like, that was me. I tell you, that was me. <laughs> well, I think and, I think uh, Lorette meant me <laughs> on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So, so what happened is very different from what was planned. Um, the plan was that people would come in on Sunday morning and they would all have their chapter done and then they would exchange their chapters by little group rooms, Zoom rooms, and, and kibitz a bit, edit a little bit, have some commentary and be done. But only one person came with their chapter done and that was Erica. And so, right. So Sunday morning was not what was planned. And it was like, oh, okay, Erica, go have some coffee. Um, You know, they're going to write. And if you're, you know, I'm just kidding about that, but you know, she did, she was done. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, the other people needed more time to process the, the focus. And that's why I've decided in this, in this next workshop. And from now on, I am, I, Leslie and I were on the phone for 90 minutes. And then I was on the phone with Dr. Clark for, for another hour plus. I want to make sure that we're really clear coming into this, that it's not like, I, I don't know. Because that, I mean, that's the beginning of new possibilities and that's wonderful, but we have a weekend to figure this out. And so I want to be really clear and, and sure with them too, so that they have a chance over the next couple of days to mull it over. Does this still seem right? Does this still seem like what I want to talk about? Because Jill started in on the obvious, which was about food because love of foodie is her thing. Um, and it ended up being about a personal transformation. So it's a lot of soul searching, George, and that that tends to happen in the group, but it's also, you know, in the night. And at, at night they go home and they're like, hmm, hmm, what really matters? And that, um, then in the, the collaboration, the, the viewing of each other's chapters, it, and there's comments that are made on these Google Docs. And like with Chris, he had somebody made some comments and they basically rewrote his a few paragraphs for him. And I said, I, I, I reached out to him and I said, because he says, I don't know if I should use that. If you want to do that, whatever you want to do, Lonnie, however you want to edit it, whatever you want to do. And I said, Chris, I like the way you put it better. I mean, she wrote it all real academic and stuff and it sounds real nice, but it doesn't sound like you. And so, you know, I really want this to sound like you. And I swear, George and ladies, I swear that that is what pushed Chris Freer into realizing he could write. I'm about to get emotional. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was a big moment for him. Yeah. To realize he's not a lunk. He actually has a great way with words. And even the highly degreed academic didn't do a better job than George. I mean, than Chris on paper. I loved his story. His story was great. His story was great. That's a big deal. It just proves you don't have to be some highfalutin, highly degreed, anything, anything. Just be honest. Just be transparent. Mm -hmm. And you can really have impact with people. That's all that matters. So we want to have impact and we want to keep it so that, so that they keep reading. You know, that's why I, I like to distinctify. I say, let's take the zip line to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Let's get this puppy done, you know, beginning, middle end next. And that way the readers can really get through the entire book quite easily. And everybody's story has been consumed and it's, oh, it's a fresh new, Oh, look at this one. Oh, look at this one. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful array of people. And so that process, you asked about the process, what happens after Mm -hmm. they turn in their chapters, they turn them into me and I become the final editor. And, 
if I have to, I'll pick up the phone. I called Willie. Hi, Willie. I see you here. And I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> you mentioned who's this guy in the chapter? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I look for clarity. Oh, look at the kitty. Love Ginger. Love <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so, so I make sure that it all makes sense. And that way the readers are, are and, and the writers are honored for their time spent. And then, and then I go into formatting um, and the, we've created a, a cover that will be the series. It will be the look and there will be theme books in the future of um, like moms on a mission, a whole book on moms yeah. on a mission. I really want that. And I want a whole book on young adults. Like what happened over the last five years for you kids? What happened? What's your rattled awake moment? And I, I really would lo love to have that theme book. And then um, their photos are beautiful photos and faces are put on the back and away it goes off to Amazon. And then we collaborate to make the puppy a bestseller. And that's a game changer. So that's the process. I love it. You know, often we think about a lot of the times we think about when people get the flu or they get sick, it's contagious. I think the same thing is true for healing, right? Like when people come together, like healing is contagious. Like if I see you get emotional, <laughs> it makes me feel a little emotional. But it makes me think of my friend who overcame this thing. And why wouldn't it work that way if sickness is contagious? Why wouldn't healing be contagious? And why wouldn't we heal through the wounds of others by learning from their experience? I, I think the rattled awake is amazing. I, I think all of those could be bestsellers because every person writing them is a bestseller, is a best person. And they're putting their best foot forward to tell a story that actually happened. And it's just a... It, I don't know, it's very soulful and beautiful and healing in so many ways. You don't see that these days. You know, it's been an absence of that for so long. Well, it's frequency, right? What you're saying, you mm, know, if like we it. can all be together, yeah. if we can be contagious in illness, we can be contagious in healing. And so the book and the anthology is definitely setting the frequency for doing that. And for all of us, I, I think, uh, as current co-authors and future co-authors, mm -hmm. realizing that we got to get away from whatever, the negative circumstance, the negative people, um, you know, anything that would rob of the anointing that's already placed within you. And so, yeah, it is. It's all about the frequency. I love that you said that. <laughs> Do you think that maybe these things that are happening to us, Sometimes I think it's like the universe of God or some people believe in the universe speaking to them. But maybe these things are happening to us to sculpt us into the people we're supposed to be. You know, and if you look at it from that angle, it's kind of inspiring. Like this thing you think is is something to break you down. It's just a test. And there's no wrong answer, but you got to pass this test. You're going to keep going through this test until you find a way to do it. And it's it's painful because you're being sculpted into this authentic present to the universe that is you. Like so many of your stories, like I read this, like, oh, that's so cool the way she did that. Or I can't, I'm stoked that she stood up for that. Like maybe that's what's happening. And the people that are, once you write your story, all of a sudden you can see someone else about to take that step. And then your job is like, I'm going to help them get through that step because I know what it's like. And we all have this secret power and desire to want to help a younger version of ourselves go through something that could be similar, right? It sounds like that's what you, what all you ladies are doing and Russ is doing and Willie's doing, all these people are doing. I've always had the theory that uh, you don't have to be the best. You just have to jump in. And that was always my secret sauce. Boom. <laughs> you don't have to be the best. Lonnie can attest to that. Oops, we're this way. Um, 
<laughs> I was not the best in, in writing, but I jumped in and I gave it hell. And um, for, for me, looking back on that, super proud yeah. of myself. Yay. And, and that's what I want to teach go. others. Get it in the book. Just try it. Right? You don't have to be the best. Just jump in. Everybody has a good story. Yeah, that's one of the saddest things when people think that they don't have a story. The fact that you're here means you have a story to tell. You may be working on your story right now, but you have a story to tell. And sometimes I think this, this irrational expectations that are force-fed to us through billboards and magazines and movies, like these are so such they're almost pornographic in nature because they're so unrealistic. And then that forces you to set this bar like so far up here that like, why even try? Because I can't be that person. So then you just you get stuck and you start getting this negative feedback in your mind. Like, well, I'll never be Brad Pitt or I'll never be this guy or I'll never be that lady. But who cares about those dummies? Like you are a better person because you are your authentic person. and You have your own story to tell. And once you start doing that, you become inspiration for other people. I love it. I think, um, you know, and, and I, I, there was so much that you just said there, George, I'm like trying to pick the one out. my brain, my brain just bifurcated. Take it away, Erica. I'm gonna sit back here and wait for a second. I know. Right. Well, well, first, you know, I, I do want to, I do want to say this about Brad Pitt in case he's watching. I mean, he, he has, he has stated rather eloquently that he has realized you can be at the top and realize it's nothing. What is important? You know, what is there after the accolades? What is there after, you know, so even he would say, once you hit the pinnacle, if you don't have your priorities in order, it, it's a hard, hard letdown. You know, there's only so much money you can have and spend. Now, with that said, for everybody else who maybe doesn't want to be Brad Pitt um, and, and just thinks I'm the lunk, I've never written before, I've never done this, I won't amount to anything. Those are other people's trauma whispering into your brain, right? Do not mourn, you know, because that didn't exist either. You being a lunk did not exist. That was spoken over you to rob you of your anointing. But the fact of the matter is, is we are kind of like, uh, Peter has this saying, and, I, and he's probably already in wrestling getting the tar beat out of him right now and pinned and whatever else. But he has a saying that the aspen tree is his favorite. And the reason the aspen tree is his favorite is because the aspen tree has one root system. All across the world, all the aspens belong to one root system. And he says, that's like us as people. Mm. And so we have to be there for each other. And it's the saddest thing, I think, for the both of us when we see people slandering or libeling or tearing each other down or, you know, foisting their trauma on other people, um, smear campaigns. It's, you know, and I, I that kind of came out in my chapter a little bit, but I'm just speaking in general, you know, to your point of, you know, us all being there for each other. Now, you know, do I believe in being a masochist and letting people abuse you? No. I mean, but for the rest of those that are good eggs, then, you know, it's about being there for them. No Judas eggs. What's a Judas egg? <laughs> there's 12 eggs in a dozen and there's always the cracked one. You know, that's the Judas egg. <laughs> Sometimes I think you have to be, sometimes I think we all find ourselves cracked 
so that we know how to get better. Like sometimes you have to be broken to be reborn again. And there's this theme that runs through the spiritual literature of choose your book of you find your moment, your Job moment, or you get broken. And it's there where you find, it's there where you find the gold. And if you read mythologies, whether it's the Homeric verses or Joseph Campbell's, the hero's journey, often where we stumble is where we find the gold. We, we, we stumble and we fall, but like, that's the world telling us, okay, here's the spot to dig. This is the thing that's bothering you. This is the thing that's holding you back. Let's work on this. And it's hard to understand that. It's hard to get there. But once you do, you begin to see these things that happen in your life is, okay, instead of why did this happen to me, the, the question is, what can I learn here? And if you can begin asking better questions, you can have better answers. Because so often we're taught in life to, well, why did this happen to me? And you know, if you ask a dumb question, you get a dumb answer. Well, it happened because you're dumb. It happened because you do this. You always do that. And you go down this wrong road. But if you just start asking better questions, you can change that inner dialogue in your mind of like, okay, what can I learn here? Is there a pattern happening here? Okay, if I do something different, will I have the same results? And I think that that comes, it takes us right back to rattle the wake because you can really learn by modeling what other people do. If we look back to the, to the times of ceremony or people, you know, you still find this sometimes when you go to different ceremonies. Like we learn through rituals. We learn through watching mentors. And so much of that has been stripped out of our society. So much of the, of the rituals and the rites of passage have been turned into prom dates and a first car and, you know, getting a middle life crisis and stuff like those while ritualistic in ways, those are not the rituals that we should be looking towards to pass on to other people. We should be finding something more meaningful that a young person can watch someone go through and that an older person can help that person go through. And then we change those roles. And I think that that's what rattled awake is. It's all, it's, it's, you get to be all, you get to be the young person, the middle person and the older person. And you're telling your story. It's a, it's a ceremonial in some ways. Rattle the wake, people. Check it out. <laughs> Are you not into hoco and promposals? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Everything's got their place. <laughs> no, I watch it all and I'm like, what? <laughs> Thank you, George. Yeah. That was beautiful. It was, that was great. You, you're yeah. so excited about it and you get it. And 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 I love your style, hon. You're just the best. The well, it best. takes one to know one. Thank you, ladies. Like I rattled awake. Check it out. It's it's what it's what I see on the future. And I think all of us have an obligation that you know when you get to the top, you turn around and you help the next person up. And I love the model. All you have like, to be is way. one step ahead in order and to turn around and go, I, I'm one step ahead here. I know that I know that next step. That's all you need. Just one step. You don't have to have it all figured out. And and you know, you talk about um, you know, preserving the the knowledge and I, I believe in saying it forward. That's what I call this, mm -hmm. a say it forward movement. Not just pay it forward, but say it forward. It's important that we do. And and it's not AI. AI can't touch this, yo, because, you know, we are it can't. There's a robot. It's not going to tell you how to handle right. people that are snarky. It's not going to tell you how to overcome your angst and your pain from the past. It's not going to be a human substitute of any kind. In fact, no AI contents allowed in these books. None. It's all from the heart. It's, I mean it. And Amazon will pick it up. They poll us as we publish. Did you use AI tools? Did anybody use AI tools in this? They will kick it. And uh, maybe they won't later, but I don't care. No machine is going to be able to duplicate your personal process and your story matters. And, and you know, I believe we've all lived to tell about it. Sometimes that's literal for some of us that we've made it anyway. And, and it is important to share that because there's somebody out there who's waiting to hear 
you know, learn from whatever, leave a cult, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, you, you have no idea what your story is going to do for somebody. You may never hear it, but that, that, yeah. that, that matters that you, you've said it like, you know, Wayne Dyer said, you know, don't let the music die with you. It's beautiful. You know? it's yeah. Because why else are we here? Because honestly, like, like, you know, you were using the Brad Pitt example and all the money, fame, fortune, accolades, all that. Who cares? In right. the end, what what's endless, you know, what's endless is the, the satisfaction that comes from helping other people. There is nothing like that moment when somebody says, you make me believe I could do anything. <laughs> or I see, I see myself in you or I'm inspired that I could do this too. There's nothing like it. And that that's endless. There's no, you can't put a price on that. That As soon as that happens to a person, like whether you're speaking on stage and somebody says that to you, you make me believe I can do anything or in, in passing, you'll never forget that. And it will constantly pull. Do more, do more, do more. Yeah. Find a way to do more. So that's, yeah. that's the yeah. great stream of, of, I don't know, reward, I guess. It has its own reward. So put pen to paper. Share your heart. It's it's easier than you think. And I know you guys said it was hard. And, you know, and yeah, look at Jill's face. She's all screwed her face up like, fuck, that was hard. God damn, that was hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you when you were saying hours. just just write it down and get it done, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Look, it took me it's nine so hours. To, I took nine hours to get my final chapter. You did. I didn't. I yeah. I of course I'm one finger Frida, but <laughs> there's that. Right. Yeah. You want to talk about determined? Yeah. I think in my chapter, what I wanted to relay to people was you can start over. No matter you know what you're going through, even Lonnie with her one hand, she could still do something. But during, I look back over my life, and it's been not a bed of roses. It hasn't been easy, um, but through, like you said, George, through all the trials, yeah, it's brought me here to where I'm supposed to be. Just sitting here on the podcast with Lonnie and Erica. <laughs> sharing sharing this rattled awake and in my life i've always had to um in in my chapter i talk about rewriting your next chapter and i think i had to do that every two years growing up we moved every two years what a hard time i i moved to high school in my senior year mm -hmm. to a different school that was tough yes so but fortitude and we, we got gumption now because and it's made me tougher it's made me just push through and say I can do it and that's what I want to that's my message in, in life and in this chapter is you can re recreate yourself even through all the trials that you've been through you can come out stronger just keep going and uh, listen to that small spirit that says yes get in this book like I did <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it. She's I mean, it could, be, it could be a stumbling process until you yeah. say, okay, I'll do it. And you put it out into the universe. You're always going to go, oh, I can't do this. Why do I want to do this? It'll be hard. But once you say, <laughs> Leslie says yes. But once <laughs> you say yes, it's just like 
transformation starts. The still small voice is never wrong. The, never. Mm, beautiful. And whenever I start out my day, I always say, okay, what's next? What do you got for me? Because I never know. But I'll tell you what, it comes. It comes. And you just have to listen. And you have to put some action behind that. Yeah, you do. I think you can't just sit yeah. there and wish on it, right? Right. Yeah. You're going to say, George? I think there's something to be said about the act of writing as well. You know, there's the mm. spoken word and the written word. And I think that the written word, you know, I love the way in which Jill said you can rewrite your story because as you're writing, I think you're rewiring your brain. It's like when you write, your brain is giving your body permission to act it out. And when you do that, you change the way you think. You're writing what is possible. Therefore, you must think of what is possible. When you begin thinking of what is possible, now you have the potential to take another direction when that decision comes up again. Even if you're not writing, you've already written out, I used to do this, but now I see life this way. As soon as you write that out, all of a sudden you can think about that avenue. When you talk about it, it's a dream. When you envision it, it's possible. But when you schedule it, when you write it down, it becomes real. It's the art of translating vision into reality. And that's what your stories are doing. That's what Rattled Awake is doing. You're taking an actual vision and turning it into reality. It's, it's a beautiful thing. You just made me think of something I've never thought of before. Sort of a ding. I have, I, we can be our worst critic. We've all heard that. It's not, you know, it's not cliche for it's, it's fact. Our thoughts can really beat us up, but I didn't, I, and I can really give myself a swift ass kicking hard in my head, but I don't do it on paper on paper. What comes out are all these ahas, ideas, pithy one-liners. What can I do with this? How can I help this person? What, what could be the next, you know, what's the chapter? It's all positive, but you know, in those other moments, like I, when I'm upset, it's just like, God, dumbass, you know, whatever I say to myself, that comes out so easily. And that's, that's from the old days, eh, of, of, yeah. you know, you're an idiot. Um, and I was, I was raised that way. You know, it was like, life was always a party foul. Ah, you fucked up again. Really? What now? Jesus, you know, it was like that. And, and it isn't that, oh, because life is like that. You're just, you know, you're so, you know, accomplished now it's no, it's because what you do with that shit that makes a difference it's up to you to put the F in shit and make a shift. You know, it is Hey, it's not just cause stuff happens that you're, you know, so advanced. Some people never get back up. And, uh, and I, I think that's a shame that, you know, but anyway, it was just the observation of the writing is reality. That, 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 that voice, shut the fuck up, go away. Yeah. Leave me alone. Right. Like stop. Find the focus on the other voice, the still small voice, like Erica said, you know, the one that doesn't lie to us, the one that isn't trying to kick our ass into the ground again, that, that, uh, that little devil and de demon and angel, whatever. I don't know. However you want to call it. Right. Yeah. It's real. It is happy to take you down and, and, you know, writing will get that out of your, out of you. If, if that's how you're feeling. I know I had a lot of sad stories, but it wasn't like, God, you're so stupid and you fucked up again. Those are conversations that happen. That's yeah. not writing that happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm just Sybil. I don't know. I don't think so. But I wish... <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> Being honest here, 
the the stuff the thoughts that run through because i say writing is like thinking on paper but whenever i write it doesn't come out bad it's not like horrible and you know self-deprecating the humor is like my dumbass book is deprecating as hell but that's okay it was by design i was supposed to child for a dummy <laughs> i'm okay with that um because you know you live by example lead by example but for those people that are listening or that might consider like, well, what do I have to say? Just have a conversation. Just let's just talk. Cause I, I want to make sure that, that you feel confident in your message and, and that, you, you know, you, you realize that you, you can do it and maybe you don't know it, but I do. And, and, you know, borrow my faith in you mm. because I have had experience with first time writers. I've had experience with experienced writers. We had experienced writers, George, that were like, this is hard. You know why? Because they wanted to, they had a, a, a system in their head about how they told their story every time. And this literally this process shook them up. That, and I think they were writing in different other genres and, and writing like this is a completely different exercise, right? Yeah. It like just is. Lonnie, you told me, yeah, you need to rewrite yours because yours sounds like a job resume sounded like a resume it's funny how you start out and then pretty soon you give us some skills <laughs> hey put this here hey this is funny how about this and then pretty soon you're like yeah <laughs> i could do it and it doesn't sound like a job and what was the other ones that you said it sounded like and you told them to change them a book uh, report a book report yep so yep. that's where you came in and helped us mm. tremendously. I mean, thanks. Yeah. Well, Bonnie, where know, does that gift from? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I I don't know, George. I I um I don't know. It just Jill asked me. She said, "How do you do that?" Like, <laughs> I don't really For know. Real. I don't know. It just comes. I'm a Lonnie and, wannabe. I want to be just like you. <laughs> I think it's funnier than hell. You're so funny. I just want to be like you. I told her, I'm like, I'm slow thinker. I, I, I'm more on the serious, you know, I'm more serious, but I, I wish I could be more. It's not my gift. You're hilarious. Stop. You don't let it out very often, but I'm encouraging her. I'm like, come on out of the shell. Yeah. I think her next chapter is going to be a little bit more snarky. How to be snarky. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It really comes from experience though, to answer your question and being able to, to, to see also to know, like I see way down the road where they want this chapter to take them, mm. what it can, how it can serve them and appeal to their readers at the same time. And so it's like, Okay, if you didn't have this as your goal over here, then maybe all this other stuff, the resume, then that way that it was, maybe that would serve the message. But knowing that this story is headed way over here instead, we've got we've to pull this together, take that out, massage it a little bit, change it up, bring this up to the front, and then open with a hook that sells a book. You know, I love one-liners, things that are just yeah. like, pow, like, wow, like, well, I have to read that chapter now. I've got to. <laughs> You know, or or being on podcasts with an opening line. So, how are you today? And what brought you here? You know, everybody's been calling me crazy, so I wrote a book about it. <laughs> You'd want to listen to that person, wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Just fucking pow them. Just do it. Yep. 
<laughs> and, then, and then it'll be okay. You know, you want to keep it going through the show or the book and you want to end strong. It's just, it's, it's a matter of um, finessing it, finessing a message so that it's kind of like dancing on ice instead of, you know, banging a hole in the ice. Some of those stories are, you know, they really are, they're traumatizing to read and to, to hear and, Rattle Awake isn't about that. It's about let's dance on top of this topic and see, you know, how can does that? Did you, did you hear it? Did you get that? Did you get that? Cool. That's all. That's all we need. We're not trying to, you know, hammer anybody with a chapter. And that I you think makes consumable. Go ahead, George. Do you have a the the next workshop's coming up this weekend? Is that accurate? It is. Very accurate. <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> Fantastic. What if people yes. want to get involved? Like, what does it look like? Can they reach out to you or like, what do they have to fly somewhere? Is that on Zoom? Like, tell, tell us about the project coming up this weekend. Um, they can go to officialrattledawake.com and it's just one page and it has um, a download of FAQs also. So it's printed and it's easy to see like how you can make money on a book and, um, yeah, some some of the frequently asked questions are there there. And that that page also has a, a, a calendar tab, a booking tab, so that I can like Bob, I'm so excited. Bob Witty booked a call. I'm so excited yeah. to talk to Bob. Bob is such a smart ass. <laughs> I love him. And I can't wait to see. And so maybe Bob will be in the workshop. It starts Friday. It's it's for two hours um on Friday, and that's really getting to know each other. That's people coming in and saying, this is my mission. That's the bio, you know, I'm on a mission too. And I want everybody's bio in by then. So I, it, it becomes a prompt. It becomes a way to break the ice so that everybody can start sharing from the heart what they're here to do. And, um, and then Saturday and Sunday is four hours. And um, that's from 2 to 6 p.m. Um, Eastern. Um, and then I, I plan to have, I plan to keep this going. So yeah, you know, we'll get volume two done and God, the people that are coming, the people that are involved are just so excited. Jill's coming back. <laughs> Jill's nice. coming back. I like <laughs> abuse. <laughs> <laughs> How me again. Yeah. Right? I'm hoping that pistol Pete will do a chapter. Oh, he's got a big <laughs> rattled awake moment. So is that a yes? The, well, I, last I heard was he was praying about it. So, okay. Well, um, yep. And Willie J is coming back. And then, you know, we've got just a gamut. I've got a gal, I call her human sunshine with legs. And, and we've got less, she is dude. Wait. Oh, so the beauty of this is, is the, the caliber of people that are drawn to do this and they're right. bonding um, really carries be way beyond the publishing date and it, right. and the networks and the, and the, Erica has been amazing in showing us the, the, where do I start to say thank you big enough? Because we have, I have learned, we have all learned if, if you want to learn, you can learn from her because she's given it away. It was amazing. And she taught us how to market and, and to set up a company page and, and fix this and do that. And this should make sense. And I make $5,000 to tell people this stuff. I'm giving it away to you guys. I mean, she's been nothing but generous. I don't know what your real price is. It ought to be 30, honestly. <laughs> like, seriously, if this is what you teach people, they're lucky to be in, in, your, in your realm, Erica, because you are so freaking smart. 
and you brought so much to the book. You brought so much to the to the marketing that that you have single handedly changed the entire trajectory of how successful this this series will be. No small words. Honest to God, the truth. You have been so big, so much help. And and look, George, I mean, talk about manifesting what was needed. I got, I got you know, I got Erica doing this. I mean, listen, I'm limited. And then I got, <laughs> and then I got this Sister Mary Sunshine over here and Chef Jill. Everybody loves her. Mary Sunshine. <laughs> like, I can't possibly do it all. And these beautiful women have shown up and they're helping. There was help by other people, you know. Dr. Constance Leland, she put us on her shows. Mm -hmm. Russ put us on his shows. You know, the the the, the it's mind blowing how this came together so fast. It is it is a true testament to if you if it's a big yes, if it's a nudge, if it's a go go do it, uh, it you, trust it because the things that you need will show up. And these yeah. these I'm just spontaneously telling you some of the things that I remember that some Nicole. The, the gifted bipolar writer, Nicole, bless her heart. It, she, not in the Southern way. And, and she's out there making us memes. I call them posts. She's like, they're memes. I said, okay, whatever. Can you keep doing it? She's doing it again for volume two. And she, I didn't even have to ask her. She volunteered. So there's, there's, you know, there's somebody doing a little advertising. I, uh, I'm out of breath trying to tell you how yeah. much help there's been. I'm so We've all caught your vision. Contagious. You see the vision. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it speaks Thank volumes. I, I once heard that faith and fear can't operate on the same at the same time. And so if That's you're it. fearful, like you, you get scared and you get paralyzed. But if you're faithful, you just take that next step. You do like the chef and just jump in the water. You know, you do like Erica. Like, I don't care what society says. I'm Gen X. I'm gonna handle this thing. You know, it's it's you do what Lonnie does and you have people that are attracted to you like a magnet so that you can help tell their story and it can live forever. I think there's something beautiful about that too. And that's what Rattle the Wake is doing. Those stories go on forever. Once they're put down on paper, now they can travel around the world. And even what do they say? A lie travels around the world before the truth gets its pants on. I think your stories are getting their <laughs> pants on. They're moving around the world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So... It's, it's beautiful. I, um, I, I want everyone listening to this to understand that you have a story in you and that you need, sometimes you need help getting it out. You need people around you to help you be faithful. You need people around you that may have been through something to help you see where you can step. And I happen to think that Lonnie is the person for that. I think Eric and Chef Jill are also the people for that. And I bet you, maybe I can just, I can have you talk, um, each one of you talk a little bit about what the the rattled awake series has taught you and i'll start with you chef um <laughs> Mary sunshine rattle her awake george <laughs> I, yeah uh, um, dissertation now <laughs> I, what it's taught me it's taught me to sit in the student seat and learn from lonnie the teacher. It's also taught me to um, really brainstorm what I wanted to say. That was the really hardest part. <laughs> that was really hard for me. Uh, coming from the workforce into sitting still and writing, it's crazy. Um, also, it taught me that I believe in her vision and I wanted to share it. 
Um, I, I wanted people to know that even if they're like me and came from like no writing skills whatsoever, that you can hop in and learn from, oops, I keep pointing the wrong way, this way, <laughs> learn from her. And, uh, and it also taught me teamwork. I mean, we all came together as a team and busted this out and we're super proud of it now. So those are some of the things that it's taught me. Yeah, all valuable skills and skills that you can't learn unless you have someone to learn them with. I, it's beautiful. And it, it speaks volumes of the quote we spoke about earlier about the reward for our work is not what we get, but who we become. And I am one, but still I am one. Erica, you have a, what, I bet coming from your background, you've learned a different set of skills. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what you learned working with Lonnie and Rattle the Wake. Well, I didn't know how the whole Amazon process works. And so seeing how I was interested to see how the workshop was actually put together, because these are things mm -hmm. that I kind of do, but in a different, in a different niche, you know, so seeing that was really interesting. I think what rattled awake reinforced for me, because again, I've never written like this. I've never really necessarily written a, a chapter as memoir. I, you know, I'd kind of tooled around with it at home. I had certain things set aside and I'd kind of at it and whatever. Um, so embracing the way I write in that way, it's, it's something that I've come back to after probably a 30 year hiatus. Wow. Uh, mm. There was a time, you know, my professors and, and the direction I was going, I ended up going into academia to swing back to come into corporate, but I had a lot of professors saying, you really need to go into op-ed because you just won't shut up. Um, and, <laughs> right. And, and, and so to get to do the rattled awake, I, it was like, oh, I didn't let it die. And so that was probably the biggest awakening out of the rattled awake book itself. Now, prior to that, I, I would say just in general, what it reinforced was, yes, I'm Gen X, and Gen X, by definition, are all a group of BAs. And I really had to take it back to, um, Lonnie and I were talking, and I, I couldn't go back to when I was four. I mean, because it was only asked five, go back five years, not, you know, 50. So... <laughs> You know, but uh, there are times, you know, one has to remind themselves, you know, I did not get dropped off in the middle of Tehran, Iran as a four-year-old off a school bus from an American private school to have to find my way back home to screw around and not get the song out, you know, and to, to not believe in myself, you know, and, and so Rattled Awake was kind of like, if, if I could do that and God walked me through that because that was a God thing. I can certainly write a chapter. And so it was, it, it, it was, um, it was a reinforcing, I think, a coming home to oneself. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Coming full circle in, in a lot of ways. And I'm a big fan of symbology. And I always think of the yin and yin, yang symbol. It's got those two paisleys with like the white dot and then the black dot. And it's always moving. And there's chaos and order and order and chaos. Like it's such a beautiful image for our for our lives and the way we move through. But on the flip side of it, Lonnie, I, I bet you learn something new from every single person that takes time to talk to you. That must be pretty rewarding. I wonder maybe you could speak to some of the things 
that, that, that you're learning. It's sometimes the teacher is the one who learns the most. I have, um, I've been te not tested, but I've certainly had some moments of, um, I didn't know it could be like that. <laughs> um, there's, there was a lot of, a lot of shook moments in, in the beginning and until recently, just to get the, just to get the book off the ground, to get this vision off the ground was like lifting a lead balloon at times. And, and it still flew. It still worked <laughs> out. And I had, you know, and I look around my place and I look sometimes at text messages or DMs and I'm like, remember, you've got support here. Remember. And Jill constantly, you're not alone. You're not mm. alone. <laughs> like, um, I've not ever needed people, really. And so this has been very humbling. Not only do I have a broken hand, but my spirit was pretty down and I've been lifted up by these people. And so they have added to my story without even knowing mm -hmm. it just by showing up. And I think I'm still processing that. I haven't given it. I haven't had a chance really to give it thought like what the hell just happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I can tell you beautiful things happened and it, and everybody is, is a success story to me and, and mm -hmm. hopefully for them. And that I hope that it changes their their personal view of themselves because that they then that person, each person becomes a, a frequency, a broadcast of a legacy of a, of a changed person of an elevated sense of self and purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I remember that, you know, there were a couple people who said, I suck at writing or I have, you know, kind of a brain that isn't really functioning that well right now. And I don't know if I can come get through with this. And, or I don't know if my schedule will, every single person, well, with one exception, who said, I, I don't think I can do this. They actually did do it. They all did it. And I'm, I don't know if, if, I don't know what, like what point it's okay to say, I'm so proud of <laughs> all my adult friends, but I'm so freaking proud. I yeah. can hardly stand it. I really am. This, this is the, um, the proof copy. Um, oh, yeah. And then, I've, you know, I, the real one should be here tomorrow. It won't have the band on it, but I, I really am so happy that this creative way of showing their pictures in these little talk bubbles and, um, and then the simplicity, because there's wisdom in simplicity. And I learned that, you know, over the past five years, what's the single biggest event that caused you to shift your perspective? That's, that's like, that's it. That's the back cover. It is the least complicated back cover I've ever designed. And, and yet it's so profound. There's so much in this. There's so much in this book that's that's so deep and rich. And to see everyone come forward that thought, I don't know if I can. I just don't know. I noticed that Chef Jill hasn't said once, I suck at writing because mm -hmm. I told her to quit it. Stop mm -hmm. saying that because you don't because you did a great job. You got there. And, and mm -hmm. just knowing that this is changing people's world this way is, it's, you know, what can you say about that, George? You know, I think what's awesome though is pretty soon I'm gonna I'm gonna say suck is in the past, and, <laughs> and look at all the things that I did to become something better. I like starting from suck. 
Mm. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know where to go, but up from so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If you, Jill, if you're not embarrassed. Yeah. Jill, you were like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You know what I mean? There was nowhere to go but up. Everybody was like, that's the Disney ride, you know, but I'll go because there's nowhere to go but up. And then look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's also another message in here, George, that um, there yeah. I had to figure out some things that I had previously delegated to someone else and they dropped the ball mm. multiple times. And so I spent a lot of long days and nights figuring out how to fix what went wrong. And I had some help, you know, and a thank you, you know, to like Dr. Constance, who was able to figure out finally how to work the cover out. So it worked out. Um, the, the, the stress of aged, <laughs> God, but that's because I genuinely care so much about it. Not to toot my own horn that I, oh, I really care about this, but I genuinely do. Yeah. And I, and the challenge for me was how in the hell am I going to learn how to do this thing that I've always let somebody else do who charges hundreds of dollars to do it? Hundreds. And now I can kind of see why. But I also had some jacked up software and some technical issues and, 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 and. Believe me, when you have a vision and you have, there is no choice, but you you got to get it done. You will. You'll find a way. If it matters enough, you will. The and enemy does not come to rob empty bank vaults. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a couple of bats by the door now. And ah. <laughs> I am sick of that. I mean, because think about it, Lonnie. Look at how many reviews came in so quickly. All five star. Your book, our book. I, I mean, it's been so well received. It's been so blessed. It's been, it, it, it's just such, um, there are no words. There simply are no words for the blessing that that book has been to us as co-authors and to people who are reading it. And everything that came to attack you was to stop that book from touching as many people as it did. So the enemy does not come to steal, rob, and destroy an empty bank vault. So kudos. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love Thank it. You. I I think it's a sometimes we don't sometimes we may not need people, but people need us. You know, and like I think <laughs> you're reaching out to a lot of I think a lot of people need what you're doing. And it, that's a powerful that's very powerful, I think. You know, maybe you don't realize it, but just coming out here and, and reaching your arm out to and inviting people. Hey, I can help you tell us your story in a way that will help inspire other people. I don't know a greater gift than that. That's beautiful. I'm thankful that you're doing it. Thank you for that. Thank you, George. Yeah, I'm going to use my good arm and keep pulling them in. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> George, have you signed up? I haven't signed up. I maybe send my send my form over. I got a story. I got a couple I could tell. I'll bet you yeah. do. <laughs> I've got a handful. Yeah. Oh, bet yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah. We all do have a story. And, and you know, it's interesting. And I just want to put this out there. Erica was instrumental in getting reviews, but people, for some reason, are are reluctant to give a review. And I don't know why. It only takes a few minutes to do it. Mm. It's just the act of doing it. 
And, um, and it does make a difference. So please, if you got the book for free or what if you didn't, if you would please give us a review because it does make a difference. And cause we all look at reviews when we go to buy books or sure. I mean products, right? We look at the product review. Well, the same thing is true. So there's so many aspects of, of a book that for the first time writer, they're sitting there going, um, let me sharpen my pencil and, and what do I start? What's my first sentence? And, you know, that's where they're at. There is so much more after that. And the beauty of this is that they don't have to think about it. Just show up, just sit down, be willing to collaborate with people who are in the same shoes you are and, and just say, Oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share this, this moment. How do I say it now? And, and the help is there. So it takes away all that fear of why I'm stuck getting started or I don't know how to end it or what the hell, what do I say? You know, it, it becomes clear. And, and that is a gift because it changes them forever. They're, you know, Jill's going to write a book, right? Chris Freer is going to, is going to do a book. These are people that they, they didn't see themselves writing books before. This is a change, a big change, just not just for the readers, but for the writers. So yeah, that's, that's about it. it it's beautiful. I think that's a um I think that's a great spot to leave it for today. But before I go, I, I would like to maybe just kind of come around the horn and and let everybody talk about I'm sure there's people that listen to the podcast that may want to reach out to everybody. So maybe we'll 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 start with Chef and we'll go to Erica and then we'll come back to Lonnie and find out how people can get a hold of her, where they can do Rattle the Wake and what's coming up there. But let's start with Chef. Chef, maybe if people want to find out, they want to send you a sunrise or they want to learn more about cooking skills, something like that. Where can they find you and, and what do you got coming up? Uh, I actually have a small YouTube channel, uh, Chef, Chef Jill Sullivan, that they can look into. And I plan on possibly doing a couple of more, you know, that thing, the, the YouTube was something that I just jumped into during COVID and I was just playing around with it. But uh, I was talking to Michelle Mazzara. I am a Love of Foodie uh, spice ambassador and um, love her love her spices. So I, I think I will continue sharing her spices and some recipes. We're going to be doing a cooking show uh, on Michelle Mazzara's live uh, podcast. Uh, you could also follow hashtag sunrise around the world um, where we share hope in each new day and making friendships along the way. I don't know. Uh, that's my tagline. And uh, that was started during COVID just to share hope in each new day. And now people send, send me to my personal, you know, uh, DM. They send me pictures of their sunrise. And I post it on LinkedIn. And there is a woman uh, named Linda Lane, who is a psychic medium. Anyway, she shares some pretty cool captions to some of those sunrises. And me and her have worked together for three years, and it's been awesome. So that's just a couple of ways. I'm always on LinkedIn. So It's beautiful. People should reach out and check it out. I've seen some of the pictures and read some of the captions. And they're mind blowing in a lot of ways. They mirror each other just to see the different beauty in them. And thank you for doing that. Erica, what, what if people are looking to get a hold of you and want some of your insights and some of the things you're teaching? What can they find you and what do you got coming up? 
Um, I am mostly on LinkedIn. Um, there are very few Erica Warfields, Erica with a K. And then um, I've also got Erica Warfield Sales LLC. I've got a bunch of different company pages. Um, I basically work within sales enablement and virtual sales mastery. Outside of that, I also have um, our side hustle, me and Pete. We do Warhammer Juices and uh you, we've got a company page for that on LinkedIn, and Peter is pretty prolific on IG with that and what we're doing for Hammer Juices. Um, but really, if you go to my link tree, which is just slash Erica Warfield, all the links are right there for you. So that's what I've got going. And hopefully, um, I'll be working on getting some speaking gigs, you know, regarding ageism and uh, just in general, you know, what I covered in that chapter. Ask yeah, her what I her think... tagline is for her juices. Just ask What's her. What's the tagline for the ju juices? <laughs> this ain't no bull. Yeah. <laughs> so, George, that's some of the things I love to do is come up yeah. with taglines. And I'm proud as punch that Erica just look at that. I love that smile. That she decided I'm looking at Charlie. <laughs> I know, right? Lonnie's like, hey, 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 pitch my tagline stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming to me next. One of the things I love to do is title things. Tagline queen here. And um, it, it brings me great joy to do that, um, to, to come up with titles that make people or taglines that are memorable. Um, Rattled Awake just, you know, is one of those kicking karma's ass is another. How to deal with a dumbass. Life lessons learned from a lousy mother. I mean, they just go on and on. And so if somebody really needs a, a cool domain name, Willie J, um, he has um, puremissionent.com. That's a mouthful if you're on a podcast. So I said, how about you do bookwilliej.com? So he registered that right away. That just made sense. So I love to come up with things that make sense for somebody who's who's got a message and and be a message maestro. So in addition mm -hmm. to being a concierge book producer, which means I can do everything from the ghost writing to editing to art direction to the marketing copy to the publishing, um, I really do enjoy um, a, a service that I have, which is third party insights, and that is, you know, basically it's like on speed dial. Um, unlimited calls in a month it, for help with when it comes to marketing. If you're stuck for a message, you know, how do we do this real quick? We've got to come up with some trade show things. I used to have a business in, in trade show items and logoing things that were really well done, creative, different. I've worked with multinational brands to do that. And um, I, I haven't, I haven't lost my touch yet, <laughs> but I just stopped ordering products from China a few years ago for some good reason. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so if people want to find out about the workshop, um, any of them, um, go to officialrattledawake.com and that page will give you the FAQs and the way to get in touch with me. Otherwise, I'm hanging out on LinkedIn most, most times, most often. That's about it. Thank you so much for having us, man. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm flabbergasted. This is so much fun. I love talking to <laughs> every one of you and I think the conversation was beautiful. But more than that, I think that this particular conversation can be a bridge for people to walk across to find the author that is themselves. I'm not sure if that made sense, but it sounded good in my head. But it is a bridge. It's a bridge for people to walk across so they can learn to write, so that they can find ways to think about themselves in ways they've never had. And it's something that can go out to the world. And Lonnie is first class. She's world class. She'll bring out the best in you. She'll help your ideas blossom into the delicious fruit they're supposed to become. So I think everybody should reach out check out what you got going on. There's one coming up this weekend and there's, um, you're an amazing person to talk to. And I think people, I think people are 
better after talking to you. At least I feel that way. So thank you for that. And that's all we got for today. I'm going to talk to you ladies briefly afterwards. But thank you very much for everybody today. That's all we got. Ladies and gentlemen, aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.